What's going on, guys? And welcome back to the Crew Sports Pod, episode number 19. As always, you can check out our Twitter at Crew Sports Pod. I'm Michael Akeem, joined here by Vito Patel. And Vito, we probably came off one of the best football weekends we have ever experienced. The divisional round of the NFL playoffs was everything you could ask for and more. Yeah, I want to say straight up the best weekend ever of NFL football. I mean, I don't think a single one of those games is not a classic. They're all instant classics. All went down to the last second, back and forth momentum. And it wrapped it off with the best game of them all. Yeah, all four games came down to a field goal as time expired. Three of those field goals were to win the game, and the last one was to send the Bills-Chiefs game to overtime. And looking ahead to next week, we got two great conference championship matchups. But before we get into those two games, let's talk a little more about last week's games. We'll start with the Bengals-Titans, of course. Game-winning field goal by... The Bengals to win that one, nineteen sixteen. Um, a couple of takeaways for me from that game. They're a young team, so this is the first time the Bengals have been in the playoffs for a while. So obviously, a lot of those players are not used to being in the playoffs. And you know, when it gets playoff time and you're the away team, the home fans are in it a lot more. It seemed like they had some pre-snap problems. Maybe got the plays in a little late. It looked like they got to the line late. And Burrow had a hard time making changes at the line, you know, with how loud the crowd was. Obviously, everyone's been talking about their offensive line problems. They gave up nine sacks. And I didn't look this up, but I want to know when the last time Joe Burrow had zero deep pass attempts like he did in that game. He only had four attempts thrown over 10 yards downfield in the air. Makes sense, though. With all those sacks he was giving up, he probably didn't have time to look deep. But that is crazy. No, he was running for his life most of that game. But there were good things, too. Like, Jamar Chase is good. <laughs> He's the first rookie to ever have multiple 100-yard receiving games in the playoffs. And on defense side, DJ Reader was a monster. He blew up, like, 10 plays, and they absolutely stuffed one of the best running attacks in the league in the Titans. No, I I agree with your takeaways. I mean, the Bengals are good. Uh, so good that, I mean, Burrow has yet to ever lose a playoff game, even the NFL. And actually, one of the funny things or cool things I saw was McPherson, the kicker, went up to Joe Burrow uh, right before he made the game winner. At least that's what Joe Burrow says. And he said, looks like we're going to the AFC Championship uh, before hitting the long field goal, which I thought was crazy. Cool, confident, and collected. Exactly. And then the Bengals right after tweeted saying, um, this is why you draft a kicker because they drafted him. It was very controversial because most teams don't like drafting (laughs) kickers. So, but that's pretty crazy. But uh, talk about last week. Actually, we both had T Higgins as our X factor and he did pretty good. Actually, he had seven receptions for 96 yards. So it was good that he came back and helped Jamar chase. But then I had Derek Henry for my X factor for the Titans and he didn't play as good as I thought he would. Uh, 20 carries for only 62 yards. He did have a touchdown. But your X-Factor actually balled out. And exactly how you called it, uh, he had a bunch of deep receptions. So five catches for 142 yards in that big one-hand touchdown. But A.J. Brown's contribution, nor Derrick Henry's contribution, was enough to get the dub. Yeah, I was kind of surprised by... I thought... The reason I said A.J. Brown was my X-Factor was because I thought Derrick Henry was going to be automatic. But you kind of said, you know... Brown's kind of been balling out anyway. Henry come back of a long injury. Maybe not going to be automatic. 100-yard game. So, interesting. Good call there. 
Yeah, I mean, he had the touches too. He just, I felt like he seemed a little slower. I don't know, maybe probably just the injury, but usually he averages more than three yards a carry, especially against a defense like the Bengals, I think. I mean, the Bengals defense has continued to, to kind of do enough to, because I mean, they've got him here. Yeah, that's true. Maybe we're all sleeping on the Bengals defense, which could be well, true. We'll see how they do against the Chiefs offense. Yeah, that's going to be tough. So moving on to the Packers and 49ers, the 49ers beat the Packers with another game-winning field goal. They won 13-10, to 10, and Rodgers would be, is now 0-4 against the 49ers in the postseason. And the 49ers won a crazy game since they didn't score a single touchdown against one of the most off, explosive offenses in Green Bay and still managed to win the game. We both had our X-Factor being Debo Samuel, and he had 83 total yards on offense with 13 touches, but he also had that big kick return. And and one of his runs towards the end of the game set them up uh, for field goal position. So he was definitely an X-Factor. I had Devontae Adams as my X-Factor last week, and he had a pretty solid game with nine receptions and 90 yards. My X-Factor for the Packers was their linebackers trying to hold the 49ers run game in check a little bit and don't let them get too much over the middle since that's where their offense thrives. And I mean, giving up no touchdowns on offense, I think they did. They did all right. They did a good job. I mean, for sure. With all the different ways 49ers run, run, only holding up to 106 is actually pretty good. Yeah, especially in the freezing cold when they had to rely on the run. Exactly. Uh, As far as takeaways from the game, the 49ers have kind of had a history of their special teams not being great, I guess, but they seem to have fixed those. They had a block hunt, return for a touchdown. That was their only touchdown of the game. And then they also blocked a field goal right before heading into half. And then coming out of the half, like you mentioned, that was when Debo Samuel had a big kickoff return and that set him up for a field goal. And then, I mean, just Debo Samuels is their playmaker. They need to just find out how to get him the ball. Uh, Green Bay came down and scored on their opening drive, and it looked like this might be a shootout. 49ers might have to keep up with them on offense, but that ended up being their only touchdown. They got to Rodgers, kept them uncomfortable, five sacks, one forced fumbles, and even though their offense did nothing, their defense and their special teams was good enough to win them the game still. So another strong defensive showing by the 49ers. Actually, going back to that one point you made about the special teams, uh, with the block field goal, Punt return touchdown, and then the special teams play that kind of set up the field goal. It's as if in a really low scoring game, they made a 13 point swing, and that's huge. Uh, so I mean, the special teams almost won that game, and I mean, the defense had played a huge factor too because I think the Packers made it to the red zone three times that game. One was a touchdown, one they settled for a field goal, and the other they settled for a field goal that got blocked. Yeah, and especially against what I thought was one of the hottest offenses coming in this game, them in Kansas City. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Continuing with the theme of the weekend, the Rams beat the Bucks on a game-winning field goal after the Bucks came all the way back from 27-3. Rams ended up winning 30-27 as Stafford was able to get the Rams down the field to kick a field goal as time expired. And I think one of the biggest questions for, for the Rams was how was Stafford going to become playoff time? Like We know he's a great quarterback. We know he, he can do it all. But, you know, being in Detroit all those years, he never really had the playoff experience. And, you know, when it comes time to to step up and not really have any mistakes, how is Stafford going to handle that? I think he's passed every test so far. I mean, almost perfect against the Cardinals and a pretty good game against the Bucks. Zero picks and almost no mistakes in the playoffs so far for Stafford. So 
No, he's doing really well. But actually, I want to mention that someone else, the Triple Crown winner, leading the NFL in receptions, yards, and touchdowns, Cooper Cup. He had that big catch at the end that set them up for field goal. And in general, he had a great game, nine receptions and 183 yards and a touchdown. Like Cooper Cup balled out as well. I think Cooper Cup's becoming one of your favorite receivers. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I think he just knows his own so well. Like he knows where the defense is going to be positioned and he finds a way to get open. But Annie's just a really good route runner. Yeah. And, and with how good he is, and then with adding OBJ, who's been pretty good, I don't know who's going to go and try and stop this Rams passing offense. Cooper Cup. Odell Beckham, Higby's been a good tight end, and even Van Jefferson comes up with pretty big chunk plays from time to time. So no, they they have just an overall like loaded offense, and it goes well with that. They're a pretty loaded defense. I think they're just gonna be a tough team to beat. And like the way like you're mentioning earlier in that game, they kind of blew it with four fumbles that they lost, but they actually destroyed last year's reigning champions. And I look to see them doing something similar going forward. Um, last week we both had X factors and like my X factor for the Bucks was Mike Evans. And that was really interesting because he had a great game in terms of stats with eight receptions, 119 yards and a touchdown. But if you actually broke down the game and you saw he had 16 targets and half the times he wasn't even getting the ball or close to it. It was really during that late comeback that it even seemed like Mike Evans was having a good game. Yeah, my X factor was the rest of the receivers and uh, the wide receivers combined for 15 catches for 172 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Most of that was to Mike Evans. Didn't have too many other guys stepping up and they had a couple drops and you saw Brady talking on the sideline with a few of them during the game. Hey, we need someone else to step up. It was rough to start. I mean, the first half, you got people dropping balls. They could not get any offense going. But I mean... Come halftime, come like third quarter when it was 27-3, you had to know Tom Brady was not losing a playoff game that badly. I, I knew during that game, I don't know how, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to end up yeah, closer is all I knew. I didn't think it ended up being that close. No, not at all. I mean, even at five minutes left, it was, they were down like five, five minutes and some change. They were down like two scores. So I was like, okay, Tom Brady lost, but he kind of kept it close within two scores. But no, he almost t- he tied it. Which is crazy. Yeah, that that fumble gave it gave the game right back to the Bucks. Yeah, Cam Akers, that was just an awful fumble. I mean, you can't do that being a playoff team. But luckily, his quarterback bailed him out. Um, actually, so my Rams X factor was their entire pass rush, uh, which they had a great game. They forced and recovered a fumble and had three sacks. And the D line in general came up really well. Juan Miller had ten pressures. Aaron Donald had eight, and Leonard Floyd had four. That is definitely a big three. All three of them could definitely pop off and have a lot of sacks. I mean, they all did in the regular season. I mean, Juan Miller as of late. And, I mean, having all three of those, especially Aaron Donald, is just a scary sight to see. Yeah, that that D-line definitely carries the defense. And my X factor was kind of the rest of the defense, the DBs. And, I mean, in the beginning, it looked like all parts of the defense were really working together, working really well. The DBs got an early interception. But in the end, when Tampa's offense started clicking, they ended up giving up a lot. Brady, I think, ended up with 330 yards. But, hey, I mean, they won in the end. You're not going to hold Brady to much less than that in a in a playoff game. So, Yeah, that was good enough. I guess the only takeaway that I would say is kind of negative outside of the mistakes was just the run game in general. Mm-hmm. They only had 73 yards, and they the Rams do struggle against good defenses. But... 
that being said, they have a really good passing game, so it's still not anything to really worry too much about. And then the final game of the weekend. The best game. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people were saying this was like the best game they've ever watched. It was a good game. I didn't enjoy it in the end as much. It was heartbreaking, but it is. Bills end up losing to the Chiefs in overtime. And I mean, this game was was nuts. I mean, it was back and forth from the beginning. I was jumping up and down on the couch at one point and then slumped another and then back to jumping up and down. 25 points were scored after the two minute warning in regulation. That So that includes the touchdown in overtime. No, no, that doesn't include the touchdown in overtime. Uh, you guys scored that touchdown. The Chiefs scored the touchdown. And then another touchdown. And then a field goal. And then the field goal. Yeah. And the two-point conversion. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the ending was absolutely insane. It was just tough that when both offenses were that hot, you knew whoever was getting the ball in overtime was going on to win it. Actually, that's what I was going to say. As a Bills fan, when you found out that the uh, Chiefs won the coin toss, was that just as bad as like losing the game? I mean, the only way I thought that we would win it is is like an interception or a something like that. I didn't think we were going to stop them. Some turnover, something had to happen. I mean, both defenses had to be gassed. Yeah, absolutely. Especially down the stretch. Yeah, and both offenses were red hot. I mean, this kind of reminds me, and we're probably going to talk about this later, but the Chiefs actually had a problem. The Chiefs themselves had a problem with this overtime goal uh, back in 2019 when they lost to uh, Tom Brady after they had a crazy comeback just to mm-hmm. lose or- in overtime because uh, the Patriots had the ball first. And, I mean, they live long enough to be see themselves become the villains as they did the same thing to the Bills. Yeah, and after that, they proposed that there should be new overtime rules. Obviously, it didn't go through, but... Yeah. Now it's Bills' turn is probably going to propose something. I-, I think there could be a change. Uh, we-, we can talk about that in a second. But uh, as for last week's X factors in this game, uh, oh, we both agreed on the yeah the D line for Chiefs X factor. We both discussed last week that the, we wanted the D line to slow down Josh Allen, and I mean they had two sacks all game long, which is okay I guess. But I mean Allen was not slowed down. He had a bunch of rushing yards and passing yards combined for a total three hundred ninety seven yards and four total touchdowns. Yeah, I mean. He was making plays. He was unbelievable. This whole playoffs, and I mean, the Bills, the last last three or four weeks of the regular season and the playoffs have been have been clicking, especially on offense. I think since I've said this before, but since halftime against the Bucks, when we were down pretty big to the Bucks and almost came back, and we lost that game in overtime as well. The the offense has just been doing amazing, and obviously, it always it all starts with with Allen. But the the Chiefs D line did do pretty good. They they forced a decent amount of pressure. Uh, I think Ingram, we talked a little bit about him at the trade deadline when he came over from the Steelers. He had a he had a pretty good game. Yeah, no, he did. As for the Bills X factors, I thought it was their own line. I think they did a they did a good job. I don't think it was not a great job. We didn't really establish the run outside of Allen. Uh Singletary started off the game with a couple decent runs, but kind of got stuffed after that. And in terms of pressure, I think Allen did a good job moving around in the pocket. Not a bad performance from the O-line, but, I mean, I guess they, they did what they need to. Like, the offense was clicking. I don't think that was the issue. They were moving the ball easily. The O-line did well. My X factor for the Bills last week was the Bills secondary. And, I mean, not too much good to say. Really not much good at all. They weren't even able to stop them in the last 13 seconds. So, Tyreek Hill and Kelsey 
both had monster games. Kelsey had eight receptions for 96 yards. Hill had 11 receptions, 150 yards. Both scored touchdowns. And Patrick Mahomes had a QBR rating of 96 and a rating of 123. So I don't think they did it well, is my take. Yeah, that you're talking about they, they let him get in a field goal range with 13 seconds. Oh, I... Yeah. Uh, Man, I mean, I watching that game, I said to the people I was watching, I was like, we, we should squib kick it right here. There's 13 seconds left. You got to squib kick. Yeah, waste some time right there. In 13 seconds, you're going to get two plays, right? So yeah. Two plays to get in field goal range. Squib kick, make them waste some time. That gets them down to maybe one play. And then, oh, when they, they started playing prevent defense, I was like, no, please, just make it tough. Because Hill caught like a kind of a short pass and then just started sprinting. I got like 20 yards. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, you got like straight 20 yards off that screen. And then and then that just left the second play that there was a chance that they could they could get in a field goal range, and then they did. That's insane, though. They did so much better than Dak did with the short time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing is, they're experienced, and they're in those close games, and they've been here before, so you could, you could tell. No, for sure. They've had some clutch games every year. Even this year, they had that clutch game against like the Chargers where they led them to overtime and to beat them. They're, they're just so polished, and they they seem so good as a unit, and you can't even give them 13 seconds, apparently. Oh, yeah. I was not. Believe me, I was not celebrating when, when we scored with 13 seconds left. I mean, I was celebrating <laughs> we got a touchdown, but I, I was not celebrating that the game was over. The game's over, yeah. I, I feel that. It ended up going into overtime, and we didn't get a chance for overtime. Josh Allen didn't get, and the Bills offense didn't get to see the ball once. And I have a new NFL overtime proposal. I don't like, and a lot of people seem to not like the NFL's overtime rules. Nah, it's the worst. I actually, yeah, I'm not a fan at all. And so I thought about it after the game, because that's basically all I was thinking about. (laughs) Here's my overtime proposal. We're taking a play out of the college overtime, because everyone loves that one. Oh, it's so fun. But these are NFL teams. They're not. So they're a little bit better than college teams, right? So instead of starting at the 25 or whatever it is, each team starts at the 50. Okay, so you're starting at midfield. So you got to you start a little bit outside of field goal range, unless you have like Justin Tucker on your team. And you got to work to get into field goal range. So it's not like a freebie right off the bat, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then since there's no punting, like that first set of downs, you can have four tries. So the first set of downs should be first and 15. So you start on the 50, your first down, your first first down is at the 35, right? So what happens since you got four tries, you either end up getting a little close. And let's say it's like fourth and three or something like that. Yeah. You're either going to kick like a pretty long field goal or you're going to try and go for it. And then the other team at least gets a chance because it's college overtime. So that's that's my proposal. That's what I think it should be. No, I like that. And I also like that it's further back because, like, I was going to say, if it was at the 25-yard line, all kickers will make that money. Yeah, that's an extra point now in the NFL. Yeah. No, at the 50, though, I mean, you have to move the ball a little. So I th- I like that. I like the 50-yard line. And I like the first is 15. That makes things a little cooler. Yeah, because there's no punts. So you get your first set of downs, you're getting all four tries to get it. Because if it's like, if you don't get anything in your first three plays, you're going for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, you're not bombing a field goal from there but then after that if you get the first down and you're inside of like the 35 then you got to decide like do we want to go for field goal or do we want to go for touchdown or whatever the case is exactly and the best part of it is the other team gets a chance exactly no i love that and i mean i mean as fans you'd be robbing like so many good opportunities like a few years ago everyone wanted to see Mahomes get a chance uh yesterday everyone wanted to see 
I mean, not yesterday, a few days ago, everyone wanted to see Josh Allen, who's been balling all postseason long, get a chance. I mean, hell, even the Super Bowl, Falcons and Patriots, like, Matt Ryan was playing pretty well. I think everyone still wanted to see if he, him and Julio could come down the field and score. So I think it would solve a lot of problems. Imagine if these games ended up having, like, like two or three of these overtimes. But so so the kind of the reason behind I think they need a new overtime proposal is when you look at the stats, they say like like 53 percent of the time the team that won the coin toss wins the game. So that means it's not like the coin toss is not that big. But when you look at those overtime games in the playoffs, since the new rule, seven of the 11 teams that have won the coin toss have went down and scored on their first on the first drive and just ended the game. In the playoffs, when you have these good teams, especially in this situation where you have both teams end the game really hot, it puts way too much weight on the coin toss, which should obviously have nothing to do with the game outcome. Actually, one thing I did like about college football overtime is, in general, as a def- as a defense, and I think this is a factor that like doesn't get considered enough. When you're running up and down the field, uh, for example, if a receiver runs a vertical route, it is a lot more tiring on the defense. But if it's at the 25-yard line, or and I think 50-yard line is still a good compromise, you're not running as much per se because, you know, there's just not as much ground to cover. So because it is a lot more tiring to play defense, especially in the NFL. So I think the reason why these teams are scoring easily is one, they have good offenses, but two, defenses get tired. Yeah, that too. I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully it gets changed. I don't know. That that proposal was that's my proposal. That's kind of the best I could come up with. I think it's kind of fair. I, I kind of like it. I don't know. Yeah, I, I like it. But enough of that. Moving on to the conference championships this coming weekend. Both games on Sunday. Both of the expected winners of these games, the Rams and the Chiefs, hot teams. Rams have won seven of their last eight. Chiefs have won 11 or 10 of their last 11. Each team only has one loss in recent memory. And of course, that's to the team they're playing. The 49ers, Rams, and the Bengals for the Chiefs. This has to be the most storied playoffs ever, especially the last two weeks. I mean, the week before it with all these crazy last second finishes. And now we're talking about teams that haven't lost games in general with the Rams and Chiefs, except the teams they're playing against. So how prove how hot you really are sort of way. And these losses are both recent. You know, week 18 for the Rams and week 17 for the Chiefs. So, yeah, yeah, they're they're uh, near before memory, the playoffs. right before the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Wow. In terms of the 49ers and Bengals, imagine how confident they must feel that they, you know, beat these teams before the playoffs. I mean, that's probably enough, good enough for them to beat everybody else. And if you were the Rams or the Chiefs, you're so good, you're going to beat everybody else, anyways. It's just, nah, this, this is crazy. You almost, I almost feel like. This year, something's like rigged to make these these storylines too good. Yeah, this is like this is like a movie. Exactly. But starting with the Rams and 49ers, which is the latter game, the Rams are favored by three and a half points. Though this is gonna be crazy with both these teams having good defenses. As mentioned, though, uh, the Rams' offense is high flying, led by the triple crown winner. Yes, I'm gonna keep mentioning that Cooper Cup. He leads the offense in receiving yards throughout the playoffs. He's still hot, and Stafford uh, is coming off of amazing 366-yard, two-touchdown performance versus a mighty Bucks defense that all but shut down Jalen Hurts the week before. Right alongside of Cooper, the Rams now have a crazy number two option 
in OBJ. That's crazy that he's number two on a team. He's technically should be number three. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's number three when next year when they get Robert Woods yeah. back. But as a number two option so far, he's been pretty good. You know, five receptions, 54 yards, and a touchdown against the Cardinals. And he threw a, like a 40-yard pass. And then six receptions for 69 yards against the Bucks, And there's some tough catches, like sideline, toe-tapping catches. Yeah. And he makes plays. Yeah, contested. Some yards after catch. No, he's he's doing cool. He's fun to watch. They had this one first and twenty. I recall this like just and he had he caught like a pass like five yards down the field, but then he ran all the way for the first down. I was like, wow, OBJ still has that speed. Yeah, it's not something we got to see too much in Cleveland, but it's it's nice <laughs> to see OBJ out there having fun again. I mean, he's a star. He's been a star for a long time, and it's good to see it again. Yeah, exactly. He's pretty good, though. Not so bright side of the Rams offense, as we discussed before, is their running game. I know Cam Akers is a solid back. Michelle's pretty good. I think he's banged up, but Michelle's pretty good. They didn't use him much. They should because Akers lost the ball twice against the Bucks and really just kept the Bucks back in the game. And this doesn't really match up well against the 49ers defense that just capitalizes on takeaways. They forced two fumbles against the Packers. They only recovered one, but they're they're dangerous. They go for the ball. And, I mean, Stafford, on the other hand, is good at protecting the ball. But the last few times they played, I believe the the Rams got, I mean, the 49ers got a couple picks against Stafford both times. Yeah, also for the Rams offense. In their matchup against the Bucks, both of their tackles played great. Uh, and the, against the Bucks, at least, they had problems more on the interior of the line with the guards. And, and they had trouble kind of trying to slow down Vita Vea and Dominican Sue. And that's why they kind of couldn't get their run game going there. Uh, luckily for them, this matches up a little bit better for against the 49ers because the 49ers, you know, their strength on their D-line is one of the outside with Bosa. So the tackles continue to play great. That'll be a good matchup against Bosa and their D-line. Overall, uh, this offense versus defense matchup, though, uh, I would say two pretty big powerhouses. I guess who do you think gets this matchup edge? Because I know the 49ers shut down both the Packers and the Cowboys for the most part. Yeah, and the thing is, that's why I want to immediately just say Rams, but I don't know. It's something about this 49ers team that they have the Rams number. They've won the last six matchups. That's three season sweeps. Exactly. Wow. And and I the craziest thing is the 49ers, I mean, the, not the 49ers, the Rams haven't been bad. They made the playoffs every one of those years. And two years ago, I want to say two years ago, They've made it to the Super Bowl. No, three years ago, they made a Super Bowl. But in general, they've made the playoffs last every every year, last few years. So I don't understand how they keep losing to 49ers. I mean, the 49ers have some good teams, too. But even when they had bad teams, they still managed to, to beat them. I mean, uh, Coach Shanahan just got McVay's number. I don't know what it is. So I, for everything, I always want to go straight like, oh, Rams got this. Yeah, but exactly. it's not true when it comes to the 49ers. So I don't know. Playoff Stafford looked mean, though. <laughs> he looks pretty good. Yeah, I was like before they had Goff at quarterback. Maybe that was it. But they they, they swept this year, too. And uh, like we said, the most recently, week 18, like only a couple weeks ago. OK, in general, with this matchup, I want to say it's a wash, though, just because just because both teams have been so red hot. I just really can't say one has the edge or the other. I want to say weapons wise. Rams should get this matchup, but I mean, 
I, I was I would be wrong if I said that last week against the Packers. And Packers, I think, have just as good, if not a better offense than the Rams. Yeah, Rams offense versus 49ers defense is definitely going to be like the strength on strength in this matchup. I think 49ers offense versus Rams defense is a little bit where the mismatch ends up coming in. Well, I was going to say the Rams defense has been insane. Yeah, but I think the 49ers offense matches up well against the Rams defense. Uh, for example, the Rams, the 49ers offense, huge for utilizing the middle of the field. And they kind of expose the Rams' weakness, you know, the, the linebackers and the DBs outside of Ramsey. Over the last two meetings this year, the 49ers are 29 of 36 for 320 yards and three touchdowns over the middle of the field against the Rams. Oh, that does kind of explain why the 49ers seem to have the Rams' numbers. They seem to have the weakness. But that being said, 49ers do sometimes shoot themselves in the foot, especially Jimmy G, who's had six interceptions in the last four weeks and two last time he played the Rams. I mean, they still lucked out because Stafford also had two picks, but he has to take care of the ball against this opportunistic defense. Yeah, I think that's huge. Like regular season, that gets kind of covered up sometimes, but in the playoffs, all your your like worst attributes kind of come out and are get really get exposed. So especially this this Rams defense, which they've held both Kyler Murray and Tom Brady, which both of us are talking about being either MVP or offensive player of the year or like one of the best quarterbacks. I forget what we said early in the year. They held both of them to a QBR of under 15, which is so low. And I know Tom Brady had a lot of passing yards. His completion percentage was low. He uh, had only a few yards per attempt when you look at it. And like he actually didn't play that good of a game. Like The game looks a lot closer than he did, but he was actually shut out. Yeah, it was a very opportunistic game because, I mean, like we said, we talked about a little bit earlier, those fumbles are what let them back in. Gave them short field, quick touchdowns. Yeah, Tom Brady had a QBR of 14. He also threw a pick. He didn't have a good game, and they also did the same thing to Kyler Murray, who's also a baller. So this this Rams defense turned it up a notch. And they also, it wasn't just the quarterbacks. They held both offenses under 61 yards rushing. They have been completely clamps, and if it wasn't for the Rams losing four fumbles, I think this Rams defense has been the best in the NFL in the postseason. Yeah, I mean, top three in picks, top three in sacks in the regular season. Uh, they kind of continued it into the postseason. Uh, as for the 49ers offense, uh, you mentioned their D-line, the Rams defense of D-line is uh, you know amazing. The 49ers are going to have trouble dealing with that D-line if Trent Williams is not 100%. I saw last game he kind of got a, a little ankle injury. I mean, he's one of the best linemen in, in the league. He needs to be 100% for the 49ers to be able to handle that, that D-line. Oh, for sure. That'd be a big loss, especially going against that pass rush with the big three. Mm-hmm. And then speaking of big three, I think on the 49ers offense, you got Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle. All love going over the middle, catching like a you know, 10 yard pass and turning it into like a 30, 40 yard gain. Oh, yeah. Especially Debo, who's one of the best receivers in general in yards, uh, mostly coming off of screens. He could have a field day against this uh, Rams defense if they could get him in the open field because screens means he's behind the D line. So now he's worried about the secondary that doesn't tackle that well. Yeah. And Ramsey can't guard everyone. So. Exactly. He can only be on one side of the field. Mm -hmm. And knowing Shanahan, they'll move around. But actually, Michael, there's one more really cool thing about this game. So Rams are playing at home, but 
I just realized Super Bowl was going to be played in SoFi Stadium, Ram Stadium. They win, they get a home game in the Super Bowl. Yeah, it'd be just like last year, the Bucks got a home game in the Super Bowl. So that'd be really interesting if back-to-back years, the home team wins the Super Bowl. Exactly. That'd be crazy. It's kind of cheating. <laughs> I, I know. I feel like there's, there's something rigged. Yeah, because I, I don't think Buffalo or Chicago are ever hosting a Super Bowl in February. Oh, yeah. No, definitely not. Which sucks. But like to be honest, as a fan, I'd rather not go to a game that's like... I would not go to Buffalo or Chicago in, in February. Exactly. It's three degrees outside right now. That, that stuff is so cold. You put on two jackets, you're still freezing. Especially when you're sitting up high in the stands. Oh, yeah. And the wind. Oh, I barely want to go to Notre Dame games in the fall. Exactly. Exactly. What are you thinking for this game in terms of predictions, though? I know 49ers seem to have the Rams numbers. Shanahan's a great coach, but give it to the home team. I, I got to go with the Rams. They're actually a lot more hot than that Bucks game shows. Like they, they pretty much had their number. I think they win by two scores, 24-14. And their offense does pretty well. And I think their defense creates opportunities for Stafford to score, too. The thing is, if the 49ers win, look at the, the 49ers road to the playoffs. First round, you play the Cowboys, a team notorious for choking, right? The second round, you play Aaron Rodgers, who's never beat your <laughs> franchise in the playoffs ever. In general, does bad in playoffs, I think. Yeah, exactly. Especially when it comes time to like the divisional and the conference championship. Mm-hmm. Third round, you play the Rams, who you have their number and you're better against them than anyone else somehow. You've beat them the last six times. They haven't beat you the last three seasons. And then you get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Very interesting path for 49ers, but I can't go against the Rams. And initially when I was thinking about this game, I'm thinking, yeah, Rams, two scores. But there's no way. I like seeing what the 49ers are able to do against the Rams. I don't think it ends up two scores. And I don't think the 40, the Rams offense is able to, to like just run and gun. I think it's going to be lower scoring, kind of a grinded out game. Mm-hmm. But I still do think the Rams in the playoffs, when it comes time when it matters, I think they'll end up being able to to get past Shanahan and the 49ers. I'm going to be 21-17. Okay. You think the 49ers are going to give a bigger fight? I don't think so. Like I, In my mind, the Rams are just too good. But somehow the 49ers prove that wrong to everyone every time. So That's fair. Yeah, I agree. I initially had it like I'm thinking two score yeah, 28, 14, 28, 17, something like that. But yeah, but then you're like who else thought of the same thing with the Packers and like exactly the game? Yeah. The 49ers fair. somehow seem to to put up a fight when it matters, like when they need to. And and Jimmy Garoppolo is weirdly like not good, but wins. Yeah, I was gonna say he's just the winner, but he's not like doing like insanely well. Oh my god! I just real that just made me realize. You know when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl a couple years ago? Yeah, it was against Four Niners and Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, not only that, but they were up by ten with like not much time left too. And then Mahomes just scores like three drives in a row, and they end up winning by like two scores. But like Mahomes is just oh, a yeah, bad man right. in the fourth quarter. And speaking of him, I think we can move on to the Chiefs and Bengals. Yeah, Chiefs Bengals. Chiefs hosting their fourth straight AFC championship is becoming kind of tradition around the those parts. <laughs> Just get your season ticket, which includes the game to the AFC championship. Yeah. Um, like we said earlier, they've won 10 of the last 11 games, only lost coming to the Bengals. They have not lost since October to a team not named the Bengals. And I guess who's the last loss was to? That wasn't the Bengals. It was the Bills. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. But 
This game is exciting, though. I'm I'm really excited for the high flying offenses of both teams. I'm actually a huge fan of Joe Burrow. I mean, I think I probably mentioned that before on this pod once or twice. <laughs> I like what Mahomes is doing. I just think, I mean, I I think other teams should get a chance, but he's 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 the real deal. I mean, you don't sign someone to a half a billion dollar contract that's never even been heard <laughs> of. Be. Yeah, he's not the real deal. Every time I think they're good, they're even better than I think. Because I just found out today that they lead the N- all NFL playoffs teams in the playoffs in yards with 515 yards a game, passing yards with 371 yards per game, rushing yards, yes, rushing yards, 144 yards per game, and points at 42 points per game in the NFL, like in the playoffs. And one of them was against the number one pass defense in the Bills. It's incredible. They're impressive. And I mean, this is why they're still the team to beat out of the AFC. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Bengals, who had the worst record that NFL three years ago. It wasn't even three years ago. It was like two years ago, I think. Well, I mean, they took Burrow number one and it's the yeah. second season. Yeah, okay. So that's an impressive turnaround, actually. I never <laughs> really thought of it. Yeah. These these guys are the small kids playing with the big dogs, but they're they're already here, which is probably equally impressive, honestly. To make it that that kind of turnaround is probably just as impressive as making this kind of dynasty. I mean, everyone talks about their offense, and you know, you got Jamar Chase and Burrow and, and all the weapons on offense. Their defense, I think, has has played better than most people expected. And I mean, even they continue to impress me. So far in the playoffs, they've played two pretty good running backs in, in Josh Jacobs and Derrick Henry, and they've held both of them to under 100 yards. I know Henry came off a big injury, but he's still like a, a monster of a human being. And that O-line, was the Titans O-line is still pretty good. They're led primarily by Logan Wilson, who had 25 tackles combined for both those games. So a big part of the reason why Jacobs and Henry weren't balling out. And that 25 tackles also leads the playoffs so far, I think. Insane. Yeah, I think you're right there, too. So Logan Wilson, he caught, a star came out of nowhere, on it, in my opinion. At least I wasn't too aware how good he was. And then he also got that pick at the end against Titans that, like, sealed the deal. Exactly. It, exactly. That's an easy field goal. So Logan Wilson's that superstar on defense. Another superstar they have on defense, DJ Reader. Huge game. Absolutely stuffed the Titans run game. Yeah. He blew up, like, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but he blew up, like, what, 12 plays or something like that. Uh. They're going to need him to be huge come when they have to face the Chiefs. And I don't think the Chiefs are going to be running too much. And they still run it. They're a balanced offense. But he's going to have to get some pressure on Mahomes, who who's almost impossible to bring down, it looked like, against the Bills. No, he makes plays. And, I mean, he makes plays with his feet, too. He actually averages nine yards a carry. Insane. <laughs> and he has nine total touchdowns. But I think the reason why the Chiefs lead the NFL in rushing yards in the postseason is because they just used everybody. They use Mahomes, they use uh, Clyde Edwards Elaire, they use McKinnon, who's been going off, and then they they add in like a couple of run designs with Hill and Hardman. So like they use everybody to run the ball. So it's not just a one man effort. Yeah, and then like for example, the Bills, uh, Hill wasn't able to run. Clyde Edwards Elaire had a tough time. McKinnon broke off a couple of decent runs and then Hardman had a touchdown run. So like you could stop three guys. The fourth guy is going to burn you still. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They're, they're scary. They're not a, they're not a running back team, but they can just find different ways to move the ball. I guess that's all it really is. The best way I put it, they're not a passing offense. They're not a running. They're just an offense. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And because of that, they they're good at everything. 
Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, good luck to this Bengals defense. You're going to need your stars to show up. And the thing is, you can't, like, even your your not stars, everyone's got to be good. Because if there's a hole, Kansas City has a player everywhere. They're going to find the hole, and they're just going to keep exploiting it until you figure out how to stop it. If you don't figure out how to stop it, that's how they put up 42 points per game in, in the, the playoffs. playoffs. <laughs> yeah. And actually, the Bills are the number one passing defense. but I mean, the Steelers, everyone says they're the worst team in the playoffs, which is true, but I didn't think their defense was bad either. They, they had they have a pretty solid defense. They had a good D line. Okay, yeah. You know, they, they still put up 42 on them, so. Yeah. The Chiefs have not faced bad defenses so far. Exactly, and yeah, they're moving the ball all over them. Mm-hmm. McKinnon's addition is actually surprisingly good. Like, he's turned into a wide receiver and backfield threat, and I mean, I guess he just wants his first ring. I think McKinnon's been all around the NFL. I think the most notably in the Vikings. But I guess anybody who goes to the Chiefs seems to be pretty good. Like Sammy Watkins found his groove again when he went to the Chiefs. I I, I think a lot of this has to do with Andy Reid's expertise. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Andy Reid is just he's he's good offensive mind. He figures out how to get people involved. He he'll use your strength to get the best out of you. Yeah. And so as far as this game goes, I don't think this is where the Bengals win this, not on the defense side. Uh, it's got to be their offense. It has to match Kansas City's offense, which is not easy to do. But uh, I think they're going to have to continue to lean on on Joe Burrow-Jamar Chase connection, and Chase needs to make big plays after the catch. You know, last week we saw... We mentioned earlier, Joe Burrow had zero deep pass attempts, and so a lot of yards after catch. So I think Chase is gonna have to make plays again here. Get like a ten yard catch, turn it into like a like a forty yard run after catch, something like that. Huge plays, get them moving out of the field. That's I think their best bet. I don't know. No, I think I mean I think that's a great bet. I mean that's that's kind of what they did last time when when they met last few weeks ago, like five six weeks ago when the Bengals won. Chase had a monster game with 11 receptions, 266 yards, and three touchdowns. I don't think the Bay- the Chiefs have an answer to him. And what makes things worse is Tyron Matthews may not play. If he's not there, uh, the Bengals offense has three receivers that could go for 1,000 yards with Boyd, Higgins, Higgins who did get 1,000, and Chase. And I'm sure Joe Burrow could take advantage of that. The only issue is the offensive line. Like, they need to give enough time and chase enough time to run more than 10 yards down the field. We saw the Titans, who have a pretty good pass rush, got to Burrow like instantly sometimes. Yeah. That was like, he couldn't get a screen pass off, bro. He couldn't he couldn't get a slant off. I mean, uh, so honestly, that's that's my only concern there is is I, if you give him time. And like I said, this uh, same la- uh, last week with the Titans defense. If Burrow gets enough time, he will find an open guy, but you just you just need to give him just three seconds, three or four seconds. Let the receivers get down the field and, and run their route, and Burrow will find them. Yeah. I mean, this could be totally be a shootout because I didn't see much of anything in Kansas City's defense that say is that they could stop the pass. They've done better than run. Yeah, and I mean, the Bengals aren't too much of running offense, but in terms of Kansas City's defense, I mean, their best pass defense is going to be the D-line getting to Burrow before he can find anyone. And last time they played, I think Kansas City had four sacks and Bengals gave up nine sacks last week. So I think they, they get another like five sack game. I can see them adding extra pass rush. I know Arrowhead's going to be super loud that game too. Uh, might rattle Burrow. 
Yeah, and they had trouble in Tennessee with the crowd noise. So that's another adjustment they need to make. Burrow was trying to get up to the line and, and adjust stuff a lot. You're not going to be able to do that in Arrowhead. No one's going to be able to hear you. Absolutely, yeah. And these these fans are used to being loud, and their offense just gets the crowd going. Because if, if I was a Chiefs fan, I mean, there's something to cheer for all the time. So yeah. I'd be loud by the time, <laughs> you know, my team gets on defense. So it's going to be it's gonna be tough. And I, in my opinion, I don't think Burrow does as well as he did uh, against him in Week 17. I think he has a good game, but not as well as Week 17. No, I don't think so. That was a, a definitely a standout performance. Uh, I think he's capable of it. I mean, the Chiefs, even in this short time, have gotten way better. Uh, so, yeah, I don't, I don't think he has that either. Uh, I think the Chiefs, their offense is too hot. I think the Bengals aren't really going to be able to keep up with them. I think the Chiefs' defense do enough to slow them down. So I'm going Chiefs, more big plays than the Bengals, and they go to the third straight Super Bowl. I'm thinking two-score game, two-touchdown game, 38-24, something like that. I think the Chiefs get close to that 42 points per game again. Yeah, I think that makes more sense, too. I, I am going to go with the Chiefs as well. Make the third straight Super Bowl in a rematch against that Rams team that they had one of the best games ever with a few years ago. But yeah, I think I think the Chiefs win 31-24. I want to say they make it a little closer. Bengals play a better defense, but I also think Chiefs play better defense than last time as well. And uh, one more thing. I know I've, I've tried to put it into perspective, but... I know Bill's offense is super good because they scored on every single drive against the Patriots. And so I know the Chiefs struggled to slow them down, but I think they did a better job stopping Josh Allen than the Patriots did. I mean, if if you stopped them at least once, you did better than the Patriots <laughs> did. So I think they, okay, they stopped them a couple of times at least. So, And they also looked pretty good against the Steelers. Like, I think the Chiefs defense has improved during this postseason. And we'll see that kind of improvement uh, against the the Bengals. I mean, obviously, you're not going to stop Joe Burrow, but it's going to be better than giving up 450 yards. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy how far this Chiefs team has come in a season. It went from like a, a four and four team, and everyone's like, oh, "Is this the same team? Is the same?" It's now like, yeah, they're 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 going super. Like, who who is supposed to stop this <laughs> yeah. team right now? No, for sure. And uh, oh man, this this season progressed so much. I'm so excited to see how it progresses even more, but. Early in the season, when the Ravens beat the Chiefs, everyone's like, oh, this is Lamar's year. The Ravens are going to win it all. And then and- Herbert <laughs> beat the Chiefs. And we're like, oh, some people are getting their revenge on on Mahomes now. And then Allen beat the Chiefs. We're like, wow, these teams can, the Chiefs are beatable. And now they don't look beatable again. The biggest thing was everyone's like, Patrick Mahomes has figured out. We, mm-hmm. we all waste a half a billion dollars on what? And then, yeah, no, no everyone's quiet. Best offense in the NFL is that even really that yeah, Everyone forgot all those comments. Exactly. The conference championship, I mean, it's going to be a good game. Like, these are always good games, but they, they it's coming off a pretty good yeah. weekend. So from an entertainment standpoint, you know, tough to outdo last week. Yeah, that's what disappoints me a little because I don't think this weekend will outdo last week, but I definitely just want to see what happens. I mean, regardless, we're all watching, we're all enjoying them. So Exactly. But last week, one of the best weekends of football ever. Easily, easily. I mean, I'm I I generally like college football more, but last week it kind of changed my mind. Like this NFL stuff is pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> but the coolest thing is that both these super favorites, I would say that everyone's trying to say is going to win Rams and Chiefs, have lost their last game to these teams that are playing against, which is just you can't write a script that's better than this. Like it just it is happening. The Rams' only weakness in in recent 
seasons has been the 49ers. Interesting to see if the Bengals will become the Chiefs' only weakness. Can Patrick Mahomes just not outscore Joe Burrow, which seems to be the battle. And both of them seem to be the most confident quarterbacks I've seen. And both are pretty young. What if this turns into a rivalry? That's what people were talking about. So a lot of people were saying, you know, uh, I'm sure you've heard Mahomes versus Allen is going to be the next Brady versus Peyton. But then people were saying, what about Joe Burrow? What about Justin Herbert? There's a lot of good young quarterbacks in the AFC. The AFC is loaded, yeah. And Tua and Mac Jones are still developing too. The NFC is more the experience, the older guys. The AFC is a bunch of young gunslingers. Yeah, and a lot in your division. No, all four. Allen's the oldest quarterback in our division. Wow. Wow. Well, the Jets can't seem to ever fight a quarterback, so I'm not worried about them. But uh, Tua and Mac Jones seem to be going, doing pretty well. Yeah, I mean, the the Dolphins were barely out of the playoffs. Uh, the Patriots obviously made the playoffs. The Jets had more than the quarterback they needed to fix in their defense. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't know if their quarterback's good or bad. Yeah, that's such a good point, though. NFC-wise, who is the young gunslinger? They don't. They got Rodgers, you got Brady, you got Garoppolo, you got Stafford. Cousins and like Dak. They're all like older. I'm sure we'll have a great conference championships. And then after that, the only game left is the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's exciting. I'm excited for the Rams and the Chiefs Super Bowl in L.A. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll be back next week to talk yeah. about who actually wins the games, see how our predictions kind of line up with what really happens. And then we're discussing the big one, the Super Bowl. We'll be back again next week. You can check out our Twitter at Crew Sports Pod for whenever we have new episodes. And until then, we'll see you guys later.